Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. If you work in talent development, you know that your job has become more important than ever. The problem is there's so much uncertainty and noise out in the business world, and things are changing so fast, it's hard to know where to go and what tools and resources to use to solve your problems. That's why I created the Talent Development Think Tank community as a central place to connect with other L&D professionals so that we can share best practices, share challenges, ask questions, and get solutions that help us improve the way we work. Join today to get instant access to our community of ambitious, helpful talent development professionals who understand your world and can help you solve your problems. Right now, you can join for just $1 for the first two weeks and experience the community for yourself. And because you listen to this podcast, you can take an extra 10% off by using the discount code HOTSEAT, all one word. That's discount code HOTSEAT when you check out. Just go to our website, tdtt.us, and use code HOTSEAT. That's tdtt.us. Head on over there, use the code HOTSEAT, and we'll see you inside. Now enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. Each week, Andy shares interviews with talent development professionals, thought leaders, and experts to share best practices, learn about the latest trends, and find out what has been successful in the world of talent development. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I am so excited that you are joining me today for another fantastic interview and conversation, one that is so full of value that you got to get your pen and paper, your tablet, your notes app, whatever it is ready to take some notes because I know you're going to come up with some great ideas. Today, we are talking all about leadership development and specifically about modern leadership developing modern leaders and developing inclusive leaders. My guest today is Tanya Cornelius, and Tanya is a teacher, a certified leadership and life coach, a trusted advisor to executives, and an award-winning HR executive. Tanya is also currently the Vice President of Development, Inclusion, and Wellness at ESPN, which I'm sure everyone knows, a well-known brand and the number one leader in the sports entertainment industry, as well as a brand in the Disney 
ABC Disney family, and she's been there for over 11 years, learned from so many leaders, created many great development programs, and has a ton of knowledge in the DEI space as well. And in this interview, we talk about some of Tanya's background and how she got to where she is today, but we really dive in to this idea of leadership and Tanya's philosophy on modern leadership, what characteristics leaders need today to be successful. And she and I are so aligned on our philosophy on leadership, and I can't wait for you to hear what some of those things are, as well as some of the components and things that you really need to think about when you are developing a new leadership development program and how to build DEI into that, how to create more inclusive leaders. It's really a phenomenal conversation. I'm looking forward to you listening and hearing the feedback that comes out of this. Quick note that while we do talk all about that in our main interview, we also have a bonus interview where I talk with Tanya all about her career, her proudest moments in her career, biggest mistakes, biggest lessons learned, aha moments, challenges she's overcome, her book and tool recommendations, and her best career advice. All of that is in our bonus episode that is only available on the Talent Development Think Tank community podcast that is available to our members of the Talent Development Think Tank community. And if you don't know about the Talent Development Think Tank, it is the number one place for talent development professionals to come together to learn, share, grow, and accelerate their career success. You can find out more information at tdtt.us. And uh, once you join, you'll have immediate access to this bonus interview and all of our bonus content, as well as the ability to join our live calls every week as well. Again, the website is tdtt.us. All right, without further ado, here is my interview with Tanya Cornelius, Vice President of Development, Inclusion, and Wellness at ESPN. Enjoy. Hey, Tanya, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you, Andy. Glad to be here. Yeah, so happy to have you here. You have such a wealth of experience in the talent development world. You've moved around and worked in different places, worked with different people in different countries and cultures. And now you've spent the last 11 plus years working for I would consider an iconic brand in ESPN, one that I sort of idolized growing up being a huge sports fan, which is also part of the Disney family of companies, which is a you know huge brand known for strong cultures and uh, developing great leaders and everything. So I can't wait to dig into this topic of leadership development uh, and how to build those programs as well as developing great leaders because you are a coach as well, uh, which is gonna be fun to get into. But you know, I'd love to just start with a little bit of your background. How did you get into talent development and get to where you are today. Wow, now that's a story, but uh, thank you for having me. And I'm excited to talk about this topic, topic that we both love. So how did I get into talent development? Well, I was a broadcast uh, media undergrad at UF, uh, Go Gators. Go Gators. And and, um, coming out of the University of Florida, I was still kind of baffled about what I really wanted to do. And I had a girlfriend who said, hey, why don't you come down to Miami and teach for a year uh, until you decide whether you're going to get a job or you're going to go back to uh, graduate school. I didn't have a better plan. So I I did that and uh, I actually landed a teaching position for middle grade schools in the heart of inner city Miami. And I was teaching largely children of immigrants. And it was somewhere in the middle of that year, Andy, that I looked into the eyes of my students 
I had asked them one day uh, during at the end of class, what did they want to be when they grew up? And of course, typical 11, 12 year olds, they wanted to be firemen or uh, police officers or professional athletes, or, and the girls wanted to own their own beauty shops and be dancers and all that great stuff. And I knew they would have immense hurdles um, to overcome coming out of um, a neighborhood that was really poverty um, and being children of immigrants and really a lot to, to navigate. And uh, I had this one student, was the last student that I asked. Her name is Aniris. I wish I could find her. But she whispered almost. She said, I want to be a doctor. And she said it so softly, it was as though she didn't quite believe it herself. Like that would, that dream was too big for her. Um, and probably thinking about the community that she lived in and all that she would have to overcome to realize that goal, realize that dream. And compassion overwhelmed me at that point. And I knew right then that I had not accepted that teaching position by chance or by coincidence that I was meant to be there. And that being a, being a child of uh, teachers, I said I would never teach. Um, so I'm teaching in this classroom and then I'm overwhelmed. And I, um, at that moment, I said, I don't know what I'm going to end up doing and being as a part of my career. But whatever it is, it will be involved in helping people to believe in themselves and to achieve their goals and dreams. And I believe that was the starting point and the catalyst for um, the aha moment, if you will, um, for me, knowing that whatever I did, I was going to be a teacher, a learner at heart, and that was going to be central to what I did. And I taught for a few years and then switched over into the corporate uh, space for training uh, and development as a training manager at a small um, at a small call center type environment and uh, loved, loved, loved what I was doing. And that was the start of the whole journey. Um, but it all started in that classroom in inner city Miami. And knowing that you really wanted to help people and really pointing you in the right direction. And, and you end up in this career focused more on helping adults, right? And, and developing people, helping people become better leaders, which can make an impact on so many other people. As you think about what you're doing today, and I want to dig into, you know, creating better leadership development programs and, and developing better leaders. But thinking back to that time, is there anything that you take with you now that really serves you today from your experience working with you know, inner city kids in Miami? I would say what, what uh, always stayed with me is remember the people. And um, we can develop great programs, we can have great initiatives, but remember at the heart of it all that we are there to help people be successful and uh, to develop their craft and to help um, and, and yeah, and to help them succeed. So I think it's whenever I have, um, you know, gone from when I, when I moved from working with children in classroom settings and moving to adults again, thinking, oh, I'll just work, work with adults for a few years and then I'll go back to, to the school system. So my, my career might look well planned out, but it was all about these 
these little questions that I had inside and, and, um, Hey, what would it be like to work with adults? And so that's what I, that's what I did and, and kind of made my career out of that. But every, everything that I have done since then has been about remembering that people wake up every day and they want to be successful and talent developers get to help people do just that. And that's such an awesome, awesome opportunity and privilege and honor. And I'm quite passionate about it. I love that. And you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, it's always about people, whether it's strategy or systems or operations, everything. It's still The success still comes down to people. And when you think about people, everybody wakes up and they go to work and they want to be successful. And everybody gets right. to define what success means to them, whether it's moving up the ladder or just being appreciated for the work they're doing or making a decent living so they can provide for their family, whatever it is, people want to be successful. And when people move into leadership positions, right, from that individual contributor, and now you become a manager or a director, there's even more pressure, right, to be, quote, successful and do well in that role. What do you find are the biggest challenges there? What, what really trips people up or holds people back when they first become a leader, a people leader, a manager, something like that? Well, I think as long as you keep the, you know, well, it's, it's balance, right? I don't want to I don't want to minimize the first of all it's a, it is a privilege to lead people and i happened to when i first joined uh, espn uh, the president at that time was um, a leader by the name of george bodenheimer phenomenal leader um, and he had this definition of leadership i'm not sure if it's his own or he adopted it and it became his mantra for leaders and as uh, a leader is someone who just makes others better and he it was so he has such a way about him that when you met him one time he remembered you and it's like he committed little facts about you to memory so he knew that you know i was from of course uh had lived in atlanta joined the company and he knew that my son played um football at Miami at the time. And, and uh, when he would see me he'd say, how's your son's season going? Or how's everything go? I mean, he just he met you one time and he knew things about you because it was important to him to relate to you and commit you uh, to, to memory. And you just felt connected, you know, and I think that's what great leaders do. And I think um, you ask, what are their challenges? Yes, it is balancing a lot. It is balancing, you know, the strategies, the needs of the business, driving greater productivity and profitability, being an inspirer, a motivator, a coach, a developer uh, of others, uh, managing performance and managing underperformance. Uh, it is about, you know, their own development uh, themselves. And today's world, it's also, I mean, it, we're saying it's today's world. This has always been the case, but learning how to really foster and help create, you know, inclusive teams. Mm -hmm. teams of belonging, uh, teams where people feel they can bring their whole selves to work and do their best work. 
and be recognized. So there's a lot for leaders to, to manage. And I still say at the heart of it all, they, it is service. How do I serve my team today? And how do we serve each other? I love what you said there. And I want to go back to that quote from the the president of VSPN that you mentioned, a leader is someone who makes others better. Uh, I strongly believe in that philosophy on leadership. I've, I've run leadership development, you know, programs myself for years, and I've got a whole philosophy on, on modern leadership that I've been working on. That might be a, a oh, I book. want to share mine too. Might be a I book one that. day. Okay. I want to hear yours. Okay. I want to address this because in my experience in running a lot of these programs, people move into these positions and become managers and leaders. And not that this is any fault of their own, but they make, they make it about them. And they feel like this pressure to be the smartest person in the room and to show up and have all the answers rather than focusing on enabling others, making others better, like you said, have you helped people with, do you see that? Have you helped people with that? How do we help people overcome and shift their mindset from I need to be the best to I'm just here to help everyone else become better? It's a big shift. Yes, it's a big shift for some. For some are already wired like you, like yep. like me. Um, some are already wired that way, which is great. And um, but some grew up in a very kind of uh, older definition of of what a leader does. Certainly, if you are yeah, that, that command digits, and control, command kind of and the control old school, and, yeah. And leadership is a position and a title versus you know. Um, you know, a, a, a service, uh, to, to others, um, for, for those leaders though, I do, I mean, I, you, you called it, I spend time coaching leaders inside of my organization. Um, it's, it's something that I enjoy doing. Um, but we are, I, I feel like the, the parts of leadership development that are table stakes are the things that we used to think are were the hard skills to to make sure we're included in leadership development like okay uh, creating vision and strategy and understanding the numbers and this and that to me those are table stakes yes you have to know that stuff but the modern leader i agree with you is um there are many, I'll, I'll share with you shortly, but there are many qualities of this modern leader that were always put to the side as soft skills, as uh, the extra. And we find out now that those are the things that really differentiate, you know, okay leaders to phenomenal leaders. And um, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. But I don't know if I answer your question, Andy here, but it's um, I think for the for those leaders who who will see that the old way, it, it, it for one they won't be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, employees expect something different from leaders today, particularly you know our younger millennial employees coming up behind them gen z all these different generations in the workplace and um the younger generations in the workplace are setting the tone for what they want out of out of their leaders and i i think that's um has actually been a great thing 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's such an important shift that we need to be aware of and help leaders with. Uh, okay, so you mentioned you have a philosophy on, on leadership, right? And we started with this idea of enabling, helping others become better. What else is part of your leadership philosophy? Well, I have to say, and I was going to mention this a little later, but I'll mention it now. I may mention it again later. So I have the good fortune of having as a good friend of mine, but also a mentor of mine who I meet with regularly, Peter Block. And um, those of us who are in the talent development, learning and development in OD space, uh, perhaps know Peter Block very well, Flawless Consulting and and um, community stewardship and and so many other um, things. And I, I, uh, he and I have been talking a lot about the change, uh, the leader as convener. And so that's one of the things that I'm really, really starting to play with a little bit, the role of the leader as a convener. But I have this, this, these hallmarks, if you will, of the modern leader, which I sometimes call transcendent leader, based upon, you know, kind of uh, Maslow hi Maslow's hierarchy of needs of self-transcendence. But I, I say that the modern leader focuses on cooperation and connectedness over competitiveness, focuses on empathy, inclusion, curiosity and experimentation, excellence over perfection, and service, of course, optimism over nihilism, and passion and purpose. And so these things I, I am with my team starting to integrate into all of our leadership development so that these are qualities that even as even in a pro in a DEI program, diversity, equity, and inclusion program, yes, you get to be more of an inclusive leader. We're going to talk about what that looks like and what that feels like and why that's important and what are inclusive behaviors. But inclusive behaviors are really about empathy and vulnerability and listening and being curious uh, about um, you know people uh, that you that may not look like you or have your same you know lived experiences and so i i think the modern leader is is those things which is very different almost the antithesis of the command and control uh, leader for over three years now the talent development hot seat podcast has been proudly sponsored by advantage performance group Advantage Performance Group provides creative learning and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. Advantage helps leaders lead, sellers sell, and businesses flourish, and you to be more successful at your job. The Advantage website has great free resources, including this podcast and an amazing webinar series that include topics such as innovation, future storming, inclusion, sales, leadership, and so much more. To get access to all of our free resources, as well as overviews of the solutions that Advantage offers, just head on over to AdvantagePerformance.com. That's AdvantagePerformance.com. 100%. You and I are so aligned. We have so much oh, alignment nice. on our philosophies. I want to know yours. Well, I, I have even called mine 
modern leadership, which is so love it. Yeah, which is just so coincidental that we think of things the same way. The some of the principles I have down in mind are self awareness, removing ego, uh, trust, and enabling people to get their jobs done. Hiring, promoting the best people, looking for diversity, and creating inclusive culture, inclusive cultures, creating psychological safety, aligning to culture and vision, being curious being willing to coach and provide feedback, using empathy, kindness, love. I mean, there's just so many things that are very, very aligned with what you're- I mean, I think we know, right? Yeah. And those of us who are in this space, we know that the world has changed. Indeed. And to lead from, you know, this arcane, you know, position is, is just not, it just doesn't cut it. No one wants to be led that way, and you won't even be the most successful that way. Um, so, yeah, I'm the modern leader. Yes, yeah. I agree. I've read, I've read, I've, I've run dozens and dozens of leadership development programs, and I ask people often to start at the beginning about what are the things that the worst leaders do or did that you hated, and then what are the things that the best leaders do. And the number one most common thing people say about their worst leaders was micromanagement. I hate being micromanaged, right? And that's that command and control. I need to have the answers. I need to oversee everything. So a lot of leaders do do that out of fear, right? That things are not going to go well and it's going to reflect poorly on them. But what what they don't realize is that it's maddening to the people that work for them and it's actually making them a worse leader as a result. So we're aligned on that and you're creating programs to develop better leaders. Let's give people some practical advice here for those listening in talent development, nodding their head going, yeah, I I agree. This is what our modern leadership needs to look like. The best leaders are doing this. How do I develop my leaders to become more like this modern leader? So when you think about creating a new leadership development program, for instance, Tanya, or doing things to develop your leaders, what goes into that? How do you start thinking about this? What are some of the best practices to developing a great leadership development program? Well, I think First of all, when I'm creating new anything, new initiatives, new is I get a diverse team to co-create with me. One of the things I, I did learn from, from Peter Block and many others is people support what they help create. And so that's been kind of a life or professional mantra of mine is who is this program, this initiative for? Uh, well, let's involve them in this process. Let me understand what their days look like. Let me observe them in action and uh, see, you know, what are the high points of their days? What are the lower points of their days? What are they struggling with the the most? And um, what will make, you know, what will help them to be more effective and what will help their teams be more effective? And so getting them involved and through series, I mean, we, in old days, we might call it learning needs assessment kind of stuff, you know, but really listening and observing and asking questions uh, is how I generally start the the process. Um, And we kind of just almost like this internal consultancy of of finding out what does the business need what does the leader need and what do their teams and other stakeholders around them need, want, and expect, and then start to develop, you know, programs that, uh, or look for content or develop content that will address those, 
those needs um, in a culturally relevant way. And, and then certainly always to make sure that there is uh, a blend of, of how they're going to experience it because of course we have so many different types of learners. Yep. And, um, and so it's not like people get to just go sit in a classroom for eight hours um, a, a day uh, anymore. So being very agile in, in the way that the learning happens and I, there's something, I believe it was Deloitte who might've said, you know, uh, you know, work is, uh, work is learning, learning is work. So they, they mm -hmm. kind of go together. So whatever mm -hmm. that leader is doing, they don't have time necessarily to stop and say, okay, let me go to this class that, you know, if they're about to coach an employee who's underperforming or, or whatever they they want something at that moment that will help them and so i believe in in trying to make sure yes there's op there are programs that we bring leaders together to learn from each other uh, which i think is hugely powerful but then there are also things that they need right at their fingertips when the mo in the moment of need and so uh, we have what is called a coaching corner um, where they had these leaders have at their fingertips uh, a moment of need, um, and then the the resources that they can access right away. So many great tidbits and components in there um, that I want to make sure people take away from this. First and foremost, you talked about starting with a diverse team. That way, you're getting access to different opinions, different insights, different perspectives, leveraging data, and really getting curious and asking questions. You know, why are we putting this to, to the, you know, together? What's the point? How do we connect this back to the business? So important. And when I talk to, you know, podcast guests for the last three years and ask people about the biggest, biggest mistakes they've made, one of the most common is always, you know, I got a request for a program and I built it without really, you know, thinking through mm -hmm. what it should look like. Does it need to be a program? Could it be something else? And then connecting it back to business strategy. You want to become more strategic in the business. You want to connect it back to the business strategy. How is it going to be measured? And then you said something there so important. People support what they help create, right? Yes. And if you want leaders to back your program, to get behind it, to sponsor it, to sponsor their people coming through it, you want to get them involved in creating it because it's hard to criticize something that you helped create, right? You can't exactly. sit back and go, ah, well, that program's garbage. I'm not going to send yeah, my people to exactly. it. No, you were on the team that helped create it. We interviewed you, right? <laughs> you went through the pilot. So you know it's good and that gets people a lot more excited about it right that that's that's it you know and i'm hugely fortunate in that i i do that is kind of the in the dna uh at my company is that leaders expect it and enjoy rolling up their sleeves and so I always say, yeah, we love our stuff. You know, I could go into a conference room or Zoom session now with my team and we can create incredible stuff that we're all excited about. And then we roll it out to the business and they're like, what is this? You know, um, yeah. but the moment that they are um, involved in helping to create it and it's grounded in you know, reality and in reality of their of their work and in reality of what they are experiencing day in and day out, um, they see the value. They see the value in it, and yes, it's uh, it's something that is is quite helpful to them, and they can support it for sure. 
Absolutely. So Tanya, what are some of the, the must-have competencies and experiences we need to develop leaders in the modern workplace? Yeah, I mean, I think some of them we've talked about, whether they are competencies or qualities that we've talked about. Um, but I do think a, a leader's uh, ability to set, set vision, set strategy, to listen to their teams, to create space and to convene conversations during this time of so much going on inside and outside of our companies, uh, the, the, the competency of being a great communicator and listener uh, to, to your people is huge. Uh, and I think uh, we don't perhaps uh, focus in on that uh, enough, but I also think competency curiosity you mentioned it too andy is that that's curiosity you know is the spark for learning for creativity for innovation and so i think that is is really important collaboration um nothing is uh you don't reach success uh by yourself you know teams are far more integrated and matrix than they've ever been before certainly at our company and so I think having those skills uh, to be able to navigate across and collaborate and use collaboration tools um, to help, you know, do that effectively and efficiently, I think those are some of uh, the, the competencies that leaders need today. And again, I've mentioned some of the things that I feel are table stakes. But I want to keep going back to the things that have been off the table for far too long. And this is, you know, emotional intelligence, um, you know, and even breaking that apart and and saying your listening skills, your ability to relate to others, you, you call self-awareness so, so important. Um, you know, there is no change without you first being even aware. And so I, I think these are, whether we are calling these competencies or hallmarks or qualities or attributes, I think those are the things that, um, you know, our top leaders, um, leaders who are the best at it, uh, they're going to have those things and need those things. Curiosity, empathy, self-awareness, these things are so, so important and getting more important all the time. Uh, has this changed much under COVID with people working remotely? I know some of these things have become more important. Um, what do you think we, we really need to double down on? Is it that curiosity and empathy? What, what becomes more important? Uh, I, I think all of those, yeah, you turn that up, you know, just amp it up e even more. But certainly our ability to stay connected, to be, to, uh, to be able to read cues and to collaborate uh, effectively through the use of technology. I think all of those things, you know, have, you know, become even more important. You know, this, this whole notion of, of balance and work, I, you know, I always hesitate to call it work-life balance as though our lives are only these two parts. You know, we are whole people living whole lives. Yeah. That are, have, I, call it, are, I call it integration and it's more integrated yeah, than ever yeah. in the COVID, right? And I call it whole life balance because yeah. I don't, I don't like saying work-life, like right. everything else, you know, it's work and then everything else. But I, I think we have learned a lot through, through COVID 
that there's a lot that people are because we can see into people's homes through through zoom and other meeting technologies we can see that you know it's much more visible to us that people are leading whole lives and so being much more empathetic so uh, just again another another thing that has become even more important during this time uh, and being able to help people and, and give grace to people who are balancing a whole lot uh, to, to do their work and, and to also care for things um, that are uh, outside of work. You mentioned inclusion, uh, diversity and inclusion being really important in leadership today. And I'm sure that someone in your position and even you know, with your life experiences, this has probably been on your radar for a lot longer than for most of us, but it's, it's become, you know, everyone's become hyper aware with the rise of the social justice movement in 2020 and everything that we've been experiencing since then. And I think more and more people are, are trying to figure out how do we build this in and create more inclusive leaders or help our leaders become more inclusive, I should say. How do we make sure that we're creating a better, more inclusive culture and our leaders are creating you know, a team that has psychological safety and is more inclusive than maybe it may have been in the past. Yeah, I mean, we're all learning this. Um, I think and I, I want to just take a step back and say, you know, before, uh, certainly not for, for me, you're right. Um, but before, I think for many, uh, diversity and inclusion, let's even for a moment leave uh, equity and belonging to, to the side. Mm -hmm. um, but diversity and inclusion were thought of as uh, we have to do this. It was uh, compliance driven. It was, oh, yeah, we should do this. It was should and must, you know, all of these things. But yeah. it wasn't that we were looking at diversity and inclusion as, of, of course, um, these are lived experiences that we're talking about. This is not programmatic. This is not, you know, uh, a data sheet uh, or a quota sheet or whatever. These are lived experiences um, to what great leader would want a team that looked exactly like him or her, hmm. that thought exactly like him or her. And or they, I wanna be fully inclusive. Um, and so diversity is, it makes all of us better. And it is not just the, the nice thing or the cheesy thing to, to say or do, it makes all of us better. And when you have a team that is so diverse in terms of their background and experiences and you know, how they approach uh, problems, how they bring ideas to the table, you absolutely want to create the safest, most embracing environment so that people can contribute all of that, you know, that not only do they feel better, but the, the, the company benefits, the team benefits immensely. And so creating uh, diverse and inclusive teams is something hugely important. And then you add in equity, which I think is is absolutely, I mean, again, who, who wants a, a team that is inequitable? 
You know, I mean, let's just say these things out loud, because when we say them out loud and then you're like, OK, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. That does. That's not no one wants that, you know, yeah. so I think um, diversity, equity and inclusion and creating cultures of belonging are important. But I also want to say, Andy, I, I, I think that what has happened in society of late and over this past year or so more than year but uh what has been happening but also again you know the generations that are coming up all they've known is a diverse world so they're going to there anything anything that is not diverse is going to seem strange to them you know yes. so and that's a good thing yep so i um I believe that we we're ushering in this age where diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging um, is, I mean, I don't know if I want to cross fingers, knock on wood or just um, just say confidently that we're ushering in that time because we have a generation, we have generations behind us that are, that that's all they've ever known is is it diverse um, being in a part of diverse teams and diverse environments. Yeah, it's definitely changing, right? You can see it changing fast. And I think I've read or heard that it's either this year or in the next couple of years, we will pass a threshold where the majority of children entering kindergarten are of, of minority, right? Under underrepresented backgrounds. Yeah. Uh, for the first time ever, right? It's like the minority majority or whatever you want to call yeah. it. And that's pretty cool because my kids that are going to be growing cool. up in a in a more diverse world. People are going to be looking for that as part of the cultures that they they look for when they're entering the workforce. And we know they that, do that that now they do that yeah. now, Andy. I mean, studies show that workers look for companies that are diverse and have made, you know, taken stand, taken a stand for greater diversity and inclusion. So workers are already looking for that and the best workers, the best talent out there, uh, they wanna be involved in organizations who value, you know, diverse perspectives and, and diverse backgrounds um, so that people can do their best work and bring their best selves to work. Yeah, I love I hear that people are asking those questions more in interviews. And so if you're, you know, you have a company that maybe you're not as responsive and you haven't really built that culture yet, you've got to soon if you want to hire the best people because they're they're going to be asking for it. It's going to be expected table stakes, right? Absolutely. I know you do some coaching as well and help leaders and people have those aha moments and become better versions of themselves. You know, maybe it's related to this topic, maybe not. Uh, what's the biggest thing that you find a lot of people need to overcome to really, you know, have that aha moment and, and, and experience, you know, the best life they can? Well, it varies for, I mean, it varies, you know, of course, for, for everyone, we all have something. Mm -hmm. um, I would say most common is belief in self. So really understanding your own self-worth, your own intrinsic worth, um, and that, you know, if you've had a great life, that doesn't increase your worth. If you've had trauma in your life, that doesn't decrease your worth. You are worthy. You have, you are enough. We talk about that. Uh, see those, those kind of 
posters and things all the time, you are enough. And I think uh, it's important because I think that's what hangs people up. They, they get hung up on that and they either try to overcompensate that for that by being overachieving people who eventually either walk away disillusioned or burned out or both. Um, or, you know, they just feel, you know, down on themselves and are constantly comparing themselves to, to others and thinking that how somehow they got the short trip. It all goes back to believing in yourself and knowing that you have intrinsic worth. So helping people overcome these kind of what we call self-limiting beliefs and these um, internal blocks uh, that they have that's getting in the way of the life that they truly want to live and um, that's what i you know find myself you know working with people uh, around i i believe it i've seen it i've dealt with it myself we all have stuff yeah right? like we you all said. have we all have stuff to deal with. Well, this has been phenomenal, Tanya. This has been such a great interview. So many gems, so much great value here. I can't wait to share this with our listeners. And I hope you can hang around. I have some questions to ask you for our bonus round that'll be available to our Talent Development Think Tank members. But before we get to that, uh, for anybody listening that wants to get in touch with you, follow you, work with you, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, so I have a couple of uh, ways to get in touch with me. Certainly at ESPN, you can, uh, I'm Tanya.Cornelius at ESPN. Hopefully, Andy, you can put that in, in your show notes. Yep. But yes, you can reach me there. I'm also on Instagram, Instagram at Tanya.YourAhaLife. So that gets over into my um, my personal mission stuff, but, and then I'm on LinkedIn at, at, uh, Tanya Cornelius. So those are at least three ways, uh, to get in touch with me. Love it. Make sure you connect with Tanya, follow her and me on LinkedIn and Instagram. We're both creating great content on a regular basis and love connecting with others. Uh, Tanya, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming on and I will see you in the bonus round. Yeah. Thank you, Andy. This was fun. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for my interview with Tanya Cornelius, all about leadership development and developing modern and inclusive leaders. What did you think? What did you get out of that episode? Make sure you write down some notes. What's your one or two clear takeaways? What are you going to go do with that? What are you going to go implement back at your job? And I want to remind you that we also have a bonus content, bonus interview available on the members only podcast inside the Talent Development Think Tank community where I talk with Tanya all about her career successes, her failures, her mistakes, her challenges, what she learned from all of those things, the trend she's following, the book recommendations. She has quite a few. Tanya is a big time reader and learner. Could Almost couldn't stop her from recommending books, the trend she's following, and the advice that she gives to those of us looking to accelerate our career and talent development. And of course, if you are a member of the Talent Development Think Tank community, that's available to you now. If you want to join, head over to our website, tdtt.us, and put in the code HOTSEAT, H-O-T-S-E-A-T, for 10% off your community membership. You can join now for $1 for a 14-day trial, get access to our bonus content, join a couple of our live calls, and decide if you want to stay. Again, that website is tdtt.us. Thank you again for joining, for listening in. I hope that you have a fantastic week. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. 
If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again. Take care.